Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hey, happy Friday. Hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are right now, and I hope that uh, you were able to enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday in whichever way you prefer. Jerry Walski joins me oh. in the studio. Looking for your camera, Jerry? I have no idea. There's so many screens here, is there? <laughs> Does your mic- where's your microphone? I don't, it's over here. Yeah. I gotta get closer. You gotta get closer. Gotta, gotta let me see if I'm not. Right. Let me see. Let me see what I got. Let me. Am let me I on? Hello? Yeah, Hello? why isn't that one working at all? Or maybe well, it is and I can't hear it. I don't, I don't hear it either. Now it's not even. Well, let's swing. Can yeah. you swing that middle mic over? Hey, everybody. Hello. We're just gonna go ahead and do our production. No, Exactly. Because I know that. Oh, there's. <laughs> do it stand up style. Let me see if that works. Let's see. Dude, so maybe it was a middle like this. Right? Hold on, let me yeah, see. I can hear it. I can't tell which one's yours. I'm on the blue. Uh, the, uh, this is live right here. You have to do it. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one. Yeah, I got to hold everybody. Let me turn those up. Stand up style. Yeah, exactly. I take yeah. it out of the mic stand. Terry That's was cool. saying that there was an issue. I, I noticed that when we had our guests on the other day, Rebecca from Fairmont, right. Illinois, I noticed that it was an issue with her. So we need to do it stand up style. It was actually one of the reasons I was like, hey, sit down for a second because I've been I've been uh, down a, a Matt Reif rabbit hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I suspect that a lot of the audience maybe not even familiar with Matt Reif because he's only famous right. for because of TikTok. He's yeah. a very famous or successful mm-hmm. TikTok comedian who generally puts up clips of himself working the crowd. And I, I you know, oh, he's, that's live now. Hold on. Oh, Wait, you got it. <laughs> this one's live now too. All okay. right, good. good. Okay, Makes one. it easier on me. Okay, there. All right, go. good. Okay. <laughs> Um, let me this screen now so I can see. I know. Face. I Shove that away from you. Yeah, yeah. Hi, everybody. Lord. If you're watching on the, on the live stream, uh, Facebook, you can see all the, gosh. All, all the hijinks. Um, but Matt okay. Reif is really, he's beautiful. He's, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, exactly. And he's gotten a lot oh, of camera. celebrity support. Yeah. I know. And I and I was thinking about this today. <laughs> Poor Paul is like, you guys. It's supposed to be the easy day we here. Had the, we adjusted the chaos for Turi. Now we can adjust the chaos right. for Patty and Jerry. We're such prima donnas here. I know. Can I just, is this light on? Exactly. I'll turn on in a second. Can you soften me a little bit? Hi, everybody. I'm going to get really close so I can turn the light on. Hi, how's everyone doing? Hey, everybody. I feel like I'm in uh, yeah, is, uh, the rocker like room. Yeah. Hi, Limon. Hey, see. Karen. She never hi. said Jerry. Out of the yes, she never said Jerry. I'm telling right. you. Hi, Jerry. Never. I never said Patty either, or Patsy oh. at the time. My name was Patsy okay. when I was little. Well, you had two options. Well, I, I, don't know. I know. Never got covered. Never. And Patty with an I is never on the keychains no. at the no. travel stops right. to say it. So Matt so, Reif yes. uh, has a Netflix special out. And I had seen rumblings over the last few months. He used to be on a show. Show, like on MTV, like one of these sort of uh, interactive, like trying to make me laugh sort of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was just like aggressive with the women. He asked one woman if her booty was real. And she's like, she's like you don't have to worry about my booty. It's above your pay grade kind of a thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's way out of your But uh, kind of had that sort of yeah. style about him. Right. But he opens his Netflix special essentially well, on, on, you know, first a domestic violence joke. And what I yep. loved was that people are like, look, we're not saying don't make jokes that you think are going to sort of flip the, you know. With the women, he asked. Sorry. Women <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's something I do. And now I know what it feels like when pe- when I'm scrolling and people are talking. They're like. <laughs> Jerry's trying to do some of the production values. Um, but somebody posted a, a sort of a, here's the joke that Matt Reif did. Yeah. Now watch, hold on, let me, now watch uh, Eddie Murphy from mm-hmm. Delirious, I think. That was one where he was wearing mm-hmm. the, the, the red the, leather. Yeah, the leather, yeah, right. right. And, uh, and he has a thing about, how, remember how men used to beat their women? Mm-hmm. Like in yeah, the movies, exactly. they That's, would slap them. Right. And he said, you can't do that anymore because they're taking aerobics, they will kick your ass, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Matt Reif not only opens the domestic violence joke that is, he, he says that the, the hostess at a restaurant has a black eye. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's right. And why is she, why, you know, is that really the face of the company you want to have as mm-hmm. people come in? She should be in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, I could, I could kind of see, you know, somewhere he could go with that. Just as a comic, I could see, like, the, you right. know, the extrapolate, you know, the exactly. line you would swing to. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Very true. Only he says, but that wouldn't work because if she could cook, she she wouldn't have a black eye. Yeah. And I'm like, it, brutal. Now, the thing is, and, and I don't know what the difference is, but Dave Attell did essentially a similar joke. And I was, I've was i been reading Augie Smith and a few other comics. Oh, Augie. Of that, God, yeah, sort of of that, that group. Oh, we're all Augie. sort of comics from the 90s. Yes. And I, and I was there when Dave Attell was working on that joke. Mm-hmm. And, and I was always kind of like, eh, you know, but that was, you know, I'm not going to say anything. But it was... Uh, you know, she doesn't know how to listen. Was his right. joke was, yeah. and, and it was always yeah. kind of, it was always cringy. But David and how about and not but mm-hmm. and David tells material tends to. It was part of that nineties yeah. uber aggressive, uber uber offensive. Right. Sarah Silverman, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. some of whom have gone on to continue doing that. Um, you know, David Tell had varying degrees of success. Uh, but it's, what's amazing to me is like the difference between when you and I started doing stand up mm-hmm. is how people intellectually dissect comedians mm-hmm. now. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, or, <laughs> like, yeah. They're, they're talking about how apparently Matt Reif doesn't like the fact that ninety percent of his fan base is women. So he's trying to say, "Hey guys, I'm a jerk like you." I'm going to diversify here. What is <laughs> I don't know. It's, wow. Uh, and, and look, I work with Dane Cook. People compare mm-hmm. him to sort of Dane Cook. Dane Cook also yeah. side by side. Jokes of him mm-hmm. lifting from Louis C.K., right, right, right. Um, but also, you know, but I liked working with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, his- I never did get to work with him, but uh, but boy, he was the Ooh. he was the thing. I almost said another word. Uh, cr- he what he did early on, was, yeah, was amazing. I mean, he was the first one to, to, to turn it into something. Take Social MySpace, media. whatever. What, was, yes. it, was, it, was it MySpace back then? It was it was MySpace? Oh my lord! And I think he like had shares of it, and I think yeah. like maybe his brother or his accountant. Oh, like, he, he ripped them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally millions. Yeah, but uh, no, he was the first one to see the biz- that business model sure. to, we made it work you know and uh, but also so to your point like where was he getting his material from because like, you, you needed fresh new material he needed stuff that was good yeah. and so but why yeah. not steal or borrow from somebody else you heard it somewhere exactly right yeah. well it's funny because you you know we, we've heard the, the legendary stories about Robin Williams yeah, exactly right, being right, right. told he after a show the, the story was that his brain worked so fast he didn't know what was his because mm-hmm. right. you would see him yeah. just on the, on the fly exactly oh without a doubt yeah. but yeah where was that seed planted at right and, and he t- and he would just take it to a whole strat- another stratosphere yes. but and, and he was a good example of it's, it's not who does it first it's who does it biggest and he always did it biggest that's, <laughs> that's the thing that's exactly it but the story was that he would write checks to people yeah. who said hey mm-hmm. I have they called him on it or yeah. so and, said, yeah. and, he, and he could I mean he, yeah. he, he had the yeah, and you want to keep peace in the valley and, and you know and be able to keep doing what he was doing well, how, whether it was uh, accidental or not or whatever it, you know it was he was getting material and he was blowing it up big I mean, yeah. it's amazing what he I mean what he did to take some, it would almost be an honor to have him borrow something from you. Yeah, you know what I mean? As a comic, yeah. I would be honored to say oh, he, he thought was... something I did was good, <laughs> and then he just did it ten times bigger. Sure, it'd be like Brian Regan. It's, he just oh, he squeezes so everything good. out of everything, yes. and it's like it's. I'm like I saw. I, I see one or two ways he did it. He did it five, six other. Ways. He mm-hmm. continued it, and it's amazing to squeeze that much out of one great little nugget of an idea. You know? I, I love Brian Regan now. Sort of when he did uh, Regan on the Rocks. Have you mm-hmm. seen his latest? Yes, yes. And oh, so the great. He let his hair go gray. <laughs> exactly right. And, he t- and I mean, like, you know, he he's not 
often comfortable with being himself on mm-hmm. stage. Like he never talked about his marriage oh, and no, how that broke up and like stuff. That. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And uh, personal stuff. No. Yeah, and I think he's done a little bit of that now. Uh, he's absolutely uh, masterful. Yeah. I'm hanging out with uh, Jerry Walski in studio. We'll take one call before the break, and then after the break, it is first timer Friday. So let's do that right out of the gate today. It's first timer Friday. If you've never had a chance to call the show for whatever reason, even if you never wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yes. I didn't want to call in the first place, but it's it's seriously you. it's fun. We just want to meet you. We want to know how long you've listened to the station. You know where you grew up, what brought you to us, and anything else you want to share with us. And we have wonderful gift cards to give away. Oh, by yes. the way, Jerry, Whoa. I don't know if this looks if this is appropriate when I'm in a okay. flash. I'm wearing a pair of my boot ties. Oh, there you go. Oh, you are. I got the Yeah, yeah. There you go. Herring well bone. done. Yes, these nice. are really nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's cold. There's wind out there, yes. folks. That's it cutting through. I'm wearing. My cute little scarf. Oh, I have a comedy show yeah. tonight. Oh, uh, oh. I'm doing a fundraiser for a judicial candidate. Uh, his last name is Kilgallen, and I don't know if he's related to the other comic on the show. Oh, oh no kidding. Yeah, Joe Kilgallen will be on the show, and oh, Jimmy McHugh. Awesome. That is an Irish McIrishy show. Yeah, oh, I mean, Vasquez totally. gets thrown in there for a little bit of flair. Yeah, yeah. But I'm half. Petty with the eye. Yeah. <laughs> so, 773-763-9278. Uh, That's the number two call. And if you've never called the show, we have some great gift cards to give away. And I'm so excited to share some gift cards from Gindo Spice of Life, Hot Sauce, Brown Sugar Bakery, Crave Brothers Farm Said Cheese, Sam's Famous Salsa of Naperville, Timeless Toys in Chicago. We talked to some of the folks about the Lincoln Square events going on, so don't forget to support and shop local. Raw Looking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends. Can I tell you, I just made a drawer just for my Buckaroo uh, oh, spices excellent. and rubs. I, I was clearing out space yesterday, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? This, I made a drawer. I had like a little like, drawer. I'm like, you know what? This is my Michael's spice drawer. Michael's hooking you up. All well, right. He's giving me so much like rubs and you know these yeah. like oh, he's got, yeah he's got he's got a wide range so of good. offerings now yeah yeah so I, I have room for another drawer folks but uh, <laughs> hungry monkey baking company Uve kitchen and wine bar and of course boot tights uh, go to bootights.com and uh, I have to write a review of these greats oh that's right gotcha. I want I want to leave a review because these are yes. fantastic yes. tights so you got them through Amazon yes, right yes I did oh, I awesome. them, and I also bought uh, little sockies mm-hmm. to wear so it looks like I'm not wearing socks yeah. I didn't time that oh, right oh yeah the, the no no shows I think <laughs> there no shows, yeah. Yeah. I was just yeah well we can go I, but, I was just at a at a, at a uh, consumer show with them down in Charlotte, uh-huh. so I know all, I, I got the whole product line in my head because I've been <laughs> no I've been selling the it. No show. So seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Give us a call for our first timer Friday, and we are giving away three gift cards today. So uh, give us a call at seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight and introduce yourself, and you'll get a gift card. So let me get the gym first before we uh, open the phone lines for first timer Friday. Well, they're open. You can join the queue, Jim. In Chicago, what's on your what's on your mind, my friend? Big headline was the GOP frontrunner is going to meet with the Libertarian president of Argentina. I assume to take tango lessons, but I suggest <laughs> when he gets down there. I suggest when he gets down there, they better rearrange the furniture because with his derriere, if he doesn't break everything in the, if he doesn't break, if he doesn't break everything in the ballroom, nobody will. Anyway, have a great weekend, Patty. Take care. It's awesome. Have, have a good one, Jim. Thank you so much. So, seven, I know we've got someone calling right now for first time on Friday. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. You know, in real time, let me just go ahead and fix this because you're a little bit blurry. I can blurry. tell right oh, now. Emma. Let me see. I can do. I thought this. I had a complexion could, issue. Let's see. I can no the other way. The other way. I think that's pretty much that effect. way. It I can't that. look. I keep going volume. I can't. I can't look at it live. I think. Oh, I think I got it. Am I, I good I, enough? Is it? 
Is it yeah. me? All Look right, good question. Right. You see my eyeballs? All right, I, good. I can see your eyeballs. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, then. Let's take a quick Thank break. Oh, I just got a text. <laughs> I just tuned in. Your co-host is very blurry. Uh, can y'all <laughs> I'm hungover from, from Thanksgiving with the family. <laughs> Excellent. All right, we've got uh, a couple callers lined up. We'll check in with our first-timer callers on WCPT's Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez, on the Heartland Signal. Hey there, it's your guy, Warren Price, from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200. That's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I am in studio with a co-producer and collaborator on this show and my sponsor, Wrangler. I guess uh, that would be a great way to he keeps in touch with all the great small businesses in the Chicagoland area to amplify their message and to uh, you mm-hmm. know share folks that really mm-hmm. want to support conversations that are important to people. So thank you for the, all that work, Chair. Yeah, I'm, I'm we, thankful for you. I appreciate it. You too as well. Uh, I saw uh, uh, I posted today about choice. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Monaco Brewing's got a bunch of different uh, the wines. Yeah, stuff for uh, sales for you know for the Friday here for mm-hmm. um, uh, what is it called today? <laughs> it's, a, it's Black Friday today. Black Friday. Small Business Saturday yeah, tomorrow. Right, the whole weekend. Super. So, super. Super, yeah, cyber, all, cyber all weekend. Monday. I mean, on the website, they got their own T-shirts and things swag, but they also are doing the choice, uh, free shipping and all sorts of stuff if you buy four bottles and everything, which is great because if you want to ship it to somebody, the shipping right. is a, the, the cost, you know what I mean? So if you can get free shipping, this is a way order it now and then just send it to some friends and family and all that. I like know? it. So, yeah, so check that out. Excellent. Excellent. Let's go to our first call. We have great prizes to give away for our first summer Friday. We have uh, gift cards from just a lot of great local businesses. Donna in Romeoville. Hi, Donna. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. You know, I used to listen to you another show late at night, and then you disappeared. I did. <laughs> I did disappear. <laughs> we found and then her. about two weeks ago, I was going through my radio looking for a station to listen to, and I said, oh, it's that's Patty. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I've been listening ever since. Oh, I'm so excited! Thank you so much for. I, I, I'm grateful that you found us. Uh, I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry that I had to. I had to leave. Believe me, I did not go out. <laughs> I did not go out quietly or by choice. But I'm really that station does that to people. I yes. Understand. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember years ago? My good friend Steve Cochran was in the bathroom, yes. and he came out of the bathroom, and they were standing there waiting for him, and fired him. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> if I were him, I would have to run back into the bathroom and be like, Man, I would lock well, myself that, in the bathroom and be like, I'm not yeah, really. That's why you always carry air freshener, is what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. It was, it was a fun show to have in the middle of the night, but I will say I'm really, yeah. I'm so happy here. Someday I'm going to have a, a book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write a book that's called The Show is Great. Everything around it was BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that sounds good. So, Donna, so I'm grateful that you found us. I hope you have a chance to listen to the other hosts. I mean, Jonas Bezito, Satita Jackson, it's a great lineup here, too. So we've got some great voices. Yeah. Yeah. So where would you grow up, Donna? I actually grew up in the city, Chicago, uh-huh. on the southwest side. Okay. Where'd you go to high school? Mm-hmm. I went to Farragut High School. All right. I played Farragut in, in uh, I played Farragut in softball when I was in high school. Oh, I went, okay. I went to Lane Tech. 
Okay. Yeah. So Great. I'm Good so, call. I'm so, oh, no, we lost Carolyn. We had another call. I hope I didn't actually push any buttons. No, you, you look Carolyn, good to me. Call back, call back Carolyn. <laughs> uh, so do you listen to a lot of talk radio? Yes, mostly. Yeah, there was a time when I said, oh, when I got older, I would never stop listening to popular music. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> times they are a changing. <laughs> I rarely listen to music. Now, do you do you listen like on a on a radio in your kitchen? Uh, do you more listen in the car? I'm just curious. I ha- well, I have a radio in my bedroom that's okay. on twenty four seven. I'm the same. And way. I same listen here. in the car a lot. Yeah, excellent. Well, you know, when it gets darker out, our signal and for folks who are listening, our signal does kind of get a little bit weaker in when it gets darker out. Mm-hmm. We're competing with uh-huh. a station in Texas with the same call letters, and they have oh the, my yeah they have the stronger signal. We have to sort of supersede uh, to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if I said that right, you but. Come across fine. Well, yeah. if you do There's lose a, a signal, yeah. yeah. If you do lose a signal, you can also listen to us like online on your computer. You can listen at oh, heartland, wow. heartlandsignal.com. Okay. Yeah. Or if you're on Facebook, okay. we're on Facebook Live right yeah. now on WCPT's Facebook page and on the Patty Vasquez yeah. show page right now. Oh, it's, we okay. do, it's like a podcast. We're I'm on we're on camera. Yeah. I was fuzzy until a few oh, minutes cool. ago. <laughs> or blurry. <laughs> Whatever. Well, Donna, you hold on the line, and Paul's gonna gonna give you uh, gonna get some information from you, and we're gonna send out one of these great uh-huh. one of these great gift cards. We're so thrilled that you found Wonderful. us. Wonderful. And it's Thank lovely you. to talk to you. I hope that you call again sometime and join the conversation, okay? Okay. I sure will. Say, oh, hey. I'm excited. Yay. All right, hold on one yeah. second. Stand by for Paul. And I'm going to put you on hold there. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think that I, I wish there were a way for me to, like, I should. I wish I could buy an ad mm-hmm. on my former show and go, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? Oh. Wait, things are changing there. Maybe they probably would. I mean, I mean, I, seriously, I've seen. I was watching, uh, yeah, an MSNBC, uh-huh. CNN commercials, right? Blatantly, oh, and it's. But it, and how is that? Is it the local buy-in? I'm not sure how because it's competing directly yeah. with their people. It's that it's talking about their line, their yeah. evening lineup during their evening lineup. But yes. I'm like, I know that's why I'm like, who's, maybe, who's maybe in I charge? Buy, maybe buy an ad on I mean, late night radio exactly. over there. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because <laughs> I don't know. Are they? I don't even know if they're live. I think oh. they are live over there. Little less and less, but not from local. From, that yeah. show no, is not exactly local. right. Exactly. Saying, if you're yeah. looking for a local exactly. show, exactly right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no, it's not. Maybe we should check and see. I, mean, I know. I to look at when it I is. ran for office, we bought ads. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in the last oh, yeah. three days? Exactly. That was amazing. Exactly. It was amazing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, they welcomed me back because no, I paid them. Hey, uh, Steve in the Gold Coast is calling. Hey, what's on your mind, my friend, Steve? Uh, yeah. Well, first I wanted to say that uh, the previous caller is not alone. I firmly believe at a certain point in your adult life, you stop listening to new music, at least as far as most people are concerned. Mm-hmm. There are some some really open-minded people who are in their 50s and 60s and so on, and they're like, oh, wow, yeah, the latest Taylor Swift thing or whatever. Yeah, I, I kind of stopped like circa 1995. I had no interest in what any kind of music that happens after that, but that's just me. So uh, that, that's point number one. And I, and I do think what you guys do here is providing an, an important service. I mean, I, I know we have fun with a lot of, you know, the, the things you talk about, and it's important to be entertaining. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, this is an indispensable radio station. And the voices that you hear are, are, are unfortunately not frequent enough. They're, they're not widespread enough. 
And, uh, you know, when you turn on, especially AM radio, I mean, it is permeated by right-wing voices. They, they pretty much dominate the industry. And uh, this is this little bastion of civilization and intellectualism and progressive th- thought. And we, I thank God that it exists, because for a lot of people, otherwise, you wouldn't have any other alternatives in terms of getting a different perspective. You would think that the world was, in fact, you know, going to hell because mm-hmm. Joe Biden is your president or because Democrats hold power in certain places. You know, uh, so, again, I'm not asking for anyone to believe us. Right. I'm just saying, you know, open up your mind. You get your get your news from a variety of sources and, and do some research. So just ask yourself if you're really voting in your own self-interest and, and don't let don't be fooled in terms of the upcoming election cycle. Republicans are already running on the infrastructure bill, which they oppose. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. don't yeah. let yourself be fooled, uh, you know, in terms of how you're going to vote and why. Yeah, we got to exactly. be. That's the thing about our, our listenership. They're they are. They, they're educated. They want to learn, and that's what we do. We, we provide facts. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's a there's a lean here, but yes. the, but if but we really make it a point to try to make sure everything is is factual. I mean, you and know, if I get something wrong, you yeah. know, I'm willing to get look it up and check, and, and I'll be like, yeah. you know what? I, that's, I that's across the or, board. I mean, yeah. you know, Tom Harbin, my God, he he's, uh, he wants to be precise, you know, and he's we go out of our way to make sure. Whereas the other side, they just throw the crap out and let it stick where it sticks. Exactly. Well, they're, they're befuddled by the notion uh, as to why so many people who are, for instance, uh, scholars and researchers and intellectuals in, in this society are tend to be more left of center slash progressive. Well, you know what? That's not a coincidence. Yes, the better educated you are, the more progressive leaning you tend to be. It's not that, uh, that you're, you're just biased one way or another. No, it's that better informed people tend to be progressive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so... I mean, the reality is that Europeans are better educated than we are with regard to public policy. And you know what? There's nobody in the streets anywhere, in London, in Paris, in mm-hmm. Berlin, nowhere in the streets, marching, demanding American-style education, American-style health care, American-style labor. No, none of that. And there's a reason for that. Completely. Yep. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You're right there, man. Wow. Yeah, no, and I, I think that, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me that they started listening to the show and they, because this happened during the 16 election when I did not think that that we were going to do well with Hillary. And we ended up, mm-hmm. we did, because it was mm-hmm. three million more votes yeah, for her or whatever. Right. But I didn't feel it until I started seeing there was a group called uh, White Pants Nation, uh, White Pantsuit Nation uh, on, uh, on Facebook. And I was like, oh, and all these people were very enthusiastic to a point that someone made the other day about lawn signs. Mm-hmm. It's more important in rural areas. Lawn signs mm-hmm. don't vote. Right. But it starts a conversation in areas where people feel alone, like Kirk, right? Yes, exactly. For all of his very loudness, right. that he, he talked about how people would see those big banners and be like, oh my, okay, I feel safe here. Yeah, it allows you to open a conversation yeah. and, and to realize there are others like you around you. Yes. And... And there's safety in that, whereas now you don't have that. You're afraid for your life in the middle of nowhere land. I mean, my gosh, it, it takes yeah. a lot to. It, you, it takes a lot to stand up, and and this is not just even this is just trying to speak your own mind and vote your own vote. Yeah, and you can't even do that because you're intimidated by your by your neighborhood and all that with all the other crazy banners and crap going on. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's that's why we're glad to be here. I mean, this yeah. is this is and that's why we're trying to spread our word around other local states and things like that to bring those folks on. You, Patty, how many times you could talk to someone and they're like, oh, my God, thank you for having me on. I didn't know yeah. any, anything like this existed yeah. from Iowa, from Indiana, from wherever. And so we're just trying to find uh, we're trying to find ways to get our word out to other states and things like that, too, this show. So we're working on that, yep. too. So hopefully uh, we, we come I, to them. If I can, yep. 
Please. If I can add just this last point, I mean, we, we really do, the Democrats, need to get through to Americans in terms of kitchen table issues, meat and potato issues. Mm-hmm. I, there's nothing wrong with being progressives on, on a lot of social issues. But with all, uh, and with all due respect to my trans friends and my gay friends and whatnot, okay, that, that's not the core of the American electorate. And we can support uh, those individuals and certainly uh, uh, want a more egalitarian society. But at the same time, the reason we lost in 2016 is because, you know, the, the guy uh, working in the coal mine in, in Pennsylvania or the, or the steel mill in Ohio or the automobile manufacturing uh, company in Michigan, you know, if, for them, they, didn't, they were never terribly socially liberal to begin with. Right. They tended to vote, and those states were blue because of labor. And everything that, that, that labor had done for them for generations. Well, guess what? Labor's not very powerful anymore. So when we lost that vote, what else? What were they, why were they going to be on our side? The, the right came along and said, hey, they're not doing anything for you. We'll let you keep your prayer and your guns. Right. And so we'll vote with us. And Donald Trump promised them things that he knew he could never deliver. And guess what? He won those states. Yeah. We need to remind them where their bread is buttered. Yeah, they, they tap into their emotions, but when it comes down to it, it's it's the economy, stupid. You know, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> exactly. Yep, you're right. Exactly. Thanks, Steve. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Take Good to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to check in with our friends about some holiday events. We want to talk to our friends. Let me get, pull everything up. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk to Gina Chernow, the Brookfield Chamber of Commerce Farmers Market Manager, and uh, talk about what kind of ho- holiday events they have going up in that neck of the woods. I know my friend Heather went out to the uh, Brookfield Zoo Lights. Oh. Or maybe she went to Lincoln Park Zoo Lights. Oh, I used to do Lincoln Park when we lived there. It's... It's so how crowded it gets oh, is insane. Oh, yeah, you know what? That's right. The last couple of years were like, this is too much, too much. It was. I, we went one year where we kind of figured out the timing of traffic because mm-hmm. pulling into that lot and right. trying to get out of there. It was nice when we could walk there. I had options. We yeah. just walk over to a barn and <laughs> go home. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely the way to do it. That's what I want. I wish we had, like, I mean, I know Jefferson Park has a great, oh, speaking of which, let me take a break here. We're going to talk to our friends in Brookfield and then we're going to talk to, I'm going to talk about the, uh, some of the, if you have a local event going on this weekend, let me know because the Jefferson Park Chamber of Commerce, Six Corners, Portage Park. They have a trolley event for Small Business Saturday. So I'll tell you a little bit about that before we leave tonight. More in a moment on WCPT 820. Heartland Signal Hangout in studio with Jerry Walski. So glad to have you in studio, my friend. More after this. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200, or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. The holiday season is in full swing, and we want to welcome to the show the Brookfield, uh, hold on, let's all the information. Brookfield, Chris Kringle Market is coming up on December 2nd, and we're going to check in with Gina Sharenow, the Brookfield Chamber of Commerce Farmers Market Manager. Hi, how's it going today, Gina? Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You're on with uh, Jerry Walski. He's in the studio with me as well. Uh, I, uh, I'm excited to talk about this. Now, tell us about the Chris Kringle Market. Where is it located, and what, what should people expect? So the Chris Kringle Market is located in Brookfield at the Village Hall. Um, we are part of the Brookfield Holiday Walk this year, which has been hosted by the Brookfield Chamber and Village for over 30 years. Oh, how fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we're really excited. Um, 
It will be the market itself starts at 10 a.m. Um, and goes till five, and then trolleys will begin to start around 2 p.m., taking um, the patrons through our entire town and the different um, stops have all kinds of fun activities for the families to do. Have you? Uh, how, what are we expecting tomorrow for weather? I think you're good. The snow doesn't start till Sunday, right? Oh, wait, this yeah, is the second. Second, second. Well, we, we got a week to go. You got a week yeah. to go. Right. Yeah. I, got a, I got a week to keep my fingers crossed. So. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> we were just saying Thanksgiving's throwing everybody off. I don't, don't like, want to rush. I know. I told, I, don't, I, don't know, I told Jerry, I don't know what day it is today. Exactly. I'm completely thrown. Okay, so right. this is going to be on, on December 2nd. And uh, and again, yeah. uh, folks can gather. It's a great way to you know find out what kind of vendors are in your area. Uh, tell us a little bit about, again, you were talking about there's a trolley, there's going to be uh, every stop, it's not an event for the family. Um, so why, you know, you know, tell us a little bit about the importance for a lot of the local businesses to participate and have folks from the community gather like this. Um, well, I mean, Chris Kringle Market started in the 16th century just to bring communities together, vendors, food, and that is what Brookfield loves to do. We love to bring the community together and give all these great opportunities and for our local vendors to get support um, and get to show their um, unique gifts that they have. We have over... 50 vendors that will be at the market with a wide variety. I also have 10 young entrepreneurs that range from um, fourth grade to ninth grade that will be selling their handcrafted products, um, which is a really great program for them because they get to learn how to um, purchase items, create them, and then sell them, um, and it's a lot of fun for them. We will have uh, a lot of different events going on just at the market. So we do have a snow globe where the families can take pictures inside of it together. Uh, we will have a face painter. Uh, we have the ST, ST Gross uh, School Band and Choir that will be forming around 1.30. Um, we have the we have what we call Harry the Giraffe, and Harry is part of our actual farmer's market throughout the season. And the kids get to come to the market, find where Harry's hiding, and then they come to the Brookfield Chamber tent to get a treat after they locate him. Um, so he has some special treats in place for the market this year, the Chris Kringle market. Oh, that's so, um, so much fun. Go ahead. So the next thing that's really big is the first annual Chris Kringle market. The uh, Brookfield of Chamber and the uh, village created a holiday mug. Um, which we will be selling at the market, and one of our vendors is graciously filling that cup with coffee or uh, hot cocoa. And then the patrons can take their mug throughout the holiday walk and stop at different um, or venues of ours, uh, businesses, and each business will have a different unique, like a treat, a cocoa bomb, or a hot toddy. Like everybody has something different that they can um, try out as they're walking through with their mugs. And then these, these, you have a trolley. Does that, that trolley goes through the community then? It takes you around town? Yeah, so we have uh, three trolleys, and there's seven different stops, and they will be rotating every 20 minutes and taking you to each of those stops. Brookfield's a wonderful little community. In fact, I used to hang out there because, as I recall, you had one of the last cock robins in the area. <laughs> and I used to go we did. And, <laughs> yes. and you know that the fun thing is Irish Times actually has the original sign now in oh, their back patio. Man. Yeah, it's just really cool, too. <laughs> I used to, there was one, the one oh, downtown Wheaton had one for a long time, and I always, right. I just yeah. Just old school, just loved Cock Robin. Oh, my gosh. They had the square uh, ice cream and everything. Oh, it was great. Square ice cream? Yeah, they would, they would scoop it in squares. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like know. that. Oh, I love that. It's good for stacking. Yes. It's really bully. No, but the community down there, it's just a beautiful, beautiful town. Nice, very nice. 
That is so cool. It's so funny how uh, hot chocolate bombs have become really mm-hmm. popular in the last few years. It's like, yeah. people are like, how do we take what we like about bath bombs yes. and put them in? Throw right. some marshmallows in there and party <laughs> on. Edible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I love that. So I know that there's vendors that are going to have that as well. Uh, with From four-star handcrafted coffee. Okay, fancy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And we do, Irish Times will be hosting, well, so the VFW actually will be hosting Santa um, from 10 to 1, and then Irish Times will be hosting them in the cottage to take pictures um, for the remainder of the day. And at the end of the night, around 5 o'clock, everybody gathers around our our tree at the eight circles um, for the choirs to sing and Santa to arrive and then light the tree at 6 p.m. That's so much fun. And I love that there's an elf that will be working at the Santa's toy shop. So for, <laughs> yeah. kids, so for kids who bring their letter for Santa, oh, there you go. they can hear back from Santa as long as they provide a return address. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's it. Now that Santa doesn't so that know where you are. The, yeah. They don't text? Yeah, so that's no. at the... The Santa Workshop will be at the Chris Kringle Market. We've had a great donation from um, Prairie Path Vintage Market of a very gorgeous mailbox for the kids to either create at the tent um, their letter or bring it with them. And then the chamber will be giving, sending out a nice treat after anybody that does have a return address. That's very cool. And so each tent is going to be themed, right? So there's, a, there's also a little competition for the vendors and how they decorate. Have you heard from any of them what, uh, what some of their themes are? yet like i'm guessing uh, i have not because i'm decorating my own though i will not be part of the competition oh. uh, but i didn't want to give any great <laughs> no uh, trade secrets you don't want to I be shared it. i got i'm you. guessing there's going to be a barbie christmas tent can i have oh, one of those i know for a fact i know for a fact that that will be happening yes. <laughs> sure you. That is um, but we did we yes. Uh-huh. We made it a fun competition. Um, everybody that walks through our gates will get a um, a ticket to vote on their favorite one. And at the end of the day, the top winner will receive $200 as a uh, gift. Nice. An incentive to yeah. decorate. I know that I would be like a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. Jerry will tell you. Everybody Uh-oh. here at the station. Well, you're a busy young lady. <laughs> you would, but I, like, I would want to do a really She's good so job. unorganized. <laughs> it's a little bit. But like, I did a trunk or treat one time for a friend of mine. She's a realtor, and she was trying to get more vendors. And uh, so I decorated like you know with Day of the Dead stuff. Mm-hmm. And, that was, and that was fun. I just know that if I, if I put more time into it. I wouldn't go it. with the Christmas. That no, wouldn't work for Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, we could kind of, right? Oh, with right. The, the Nightmare Before Christmas kind of a thing. Oh, yeah, I yeah. guess so. All, all right. right. Good luck with that. You try that out. <laughs> oh no! Now you're giving me ideas that Uh-oh. I didn't think about. That's Uh-oh. not bad. Next year, for next year. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, it sounds like it's really festive today. Remind us again where folks can get more information. So we, you can definitely go to the Brookfield Farmers Market on um, Facebook. We have um, updates every day as far as what's happening, and then at the BrookfieldChamber.net or brookfieldil.gov, um, the map for the trolley and all the different stops and what we're offering are on all the, all three of those. Outstanding. And I and as, as someone who volunteers with our neighborhood farmer's market, tell us a little bit about the farmer's market season in Brookfield. So we had a, a fabulous year. I don't know if that was put in there, but we rated number um, one in Illinois this year and four nationally. It's the top market. What? Uh, yeah, so we have the fun of doubling it in size, and we're actually looking um, next year to triple it in size. Um, and so because it was such a fun, festive year, I was asked 
to do the Kris Kringle market. And I was like, why not? We've already gone this far. We should just keep adding. Well, so, your, your success uh, rate is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not going to let you go. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> right. on that. And so you're expanding. Oh, thank you're, you. Number one in Illinois wasn't enough. You're expanding. Yeah. You're going to have a casino. It's going to be amazing. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Don't start rumors. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do you, are you guys able to process uh, SNAP benefits and, and WIC, the WIC program kind of? Do you, do you have any of that? Yeah. We, I am actually working uh, with Share Food, Share Love as, as the season's going to begin to incorporate that this year because there is a huge population that that um, will definitely um, help. And so we want to provide that. Um, having the ability to buy organic foods or fresh foods is super important. And the program that the state offers is they get to double what they get if they go to a farmer. Um, and so we really want to be able to give that opportunity. Excellent. Cause I know that it can be complicated. The system, I wish the system were, were smoother and more accessible. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I may talk to you. I may pick your brain about that uh, as you go through, the, okay. as you go through the process. There you go. Yeah. And, and, and we want to make sure everyone knows again, the Brookfield Chris Kringle market is December 6th. Second, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 8820 Brookfield Avenue in Brookfield. It's the uh, parking lot of Village Hall. Go to brookfieldchamber.net. And we've been talking to Gina Share now, the, the uh, manager of the uh, Brookfield Chamber of Commerce at Farmer's Market. Um, is there anything that you knew you wanted to say? And you, 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 if we got off the phone, you'd be like, oh, you know what I forgot? I don't yeah. want to leave anything on the table. Yeah. Yes. It's really important. Um, we do have a metro stop in downtown oh. uh, Brookfield that I'll literally drop you off where all the excitement is in one block from the Chris Kringle Market. Um, so I highly recommend um, taking that avenue or there is um, a lot of parking throughout town and at the Village Hall. Outstanding. It is such a pleasure to meet you. And I would look forward to touching base with you and update people on, on the events at the Brookfield Farmers Market. Uh, Brookfield Chamber. Is that, is that the whole title? Brookfield Chamber Market? Chamber. Brookfield Chamber of Commerce hosts the Brookfield Farmer's Market and Chris Kingle Market, yes. Excellent. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you for what you do for the community. I know uh, I know how valuable and, and just cherished farmer's markets are. So congratulations on all your success, and we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great holiday season. Thanks. We'll talk to you again. Bye. You too. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Let's uh, take a break here. And when we come back, uh, let's wrap it up. I'm, we're only doing the first hour live because I do have a show tonight. And I uh, also, I need to pace myself a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. tired, Jerry. Yes. I did those too many things. I did yeah. a lot of things recently. Okay, let's take a break here. More in a moment Focus. on WCPT 820. What is it again? Heartland Signal. Signal. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Hanging out in studio with uh, Jerry Walski as we wrap up. So, I'm, uh, yes, We're working. Uh, we're doing a show next oh, yeah. second. See, I'm up so in Milwaukee. I'm going to post it. <laughs> Sometime this weekend, I Delavan, think. Delavan, right? Delavan, Wisconsin? No, is that, no, no, not that's too close. It's in Milwaukee? No, no it's not. Yeah, walk to Oh, wait, walk Kenosha. Where am I? No, we're going, we're going not, not a Kenosha club. No, it's... I am, I'm in Kenosha the week after. Oh, yeah, which yes. I couldn't do because I'm doing another show yes. in Wisconsin. But, All right. And, but we're just doing a production here. And we're not doing New Year's together. Do you know that? I thought we were. I Check with Jimmy McHugh. I know. I, no, I think... 
He said no, and I booked another show in Indiana now with Gorgo. I'm sorry, folks. We're Hi, talking. everybody. We're, we're pulling out our calendars and working on our schedule here. We don't here. have time to talk. Live. And I, we, we ran into this. All right. So um, I, right. Patty Vasquez is an actress, Chicago radio host, and super funny comic. Here sorry. It's weird to read, my, read my oh, own. You're reading the thing from Jerry. Della Field. Yeah. It's at the uh, – on December 2nd, that's right. Jerry oh. and I will be at the Della Field American Legion, and that's uh, – and Jerry Walski has toured the country with Kevin Hart and Brian Regan, excited to finally fulfill his lifelong dream of <laughs> – performing in Delafield. So that will be coming up on December 2nd. You can go to, uh, let's see, Lake Country Family Fun. Is that right? That can't be right. No, it's something. Yeah, that's po- the wrong I think it's a website. Poster or something like that. Legion. Uh, all Lake Legion? County, com- Lake Country comedy shows. Nope. I'll look it up. <laughs> this seems like it's right. We'll, we'll fix this in editing, folks. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, totally. we're, we're totally professional. Section. This is why. I, I was telling Paul about, uh, last week I was messaging, messaging him about some of my stand-up. And uh, there might be a reason why. <laughs> Your answer is, is right here. Um, no, I get, you know, again, uh, like I was talking about about you know choices I've made with somebody, and they're like, "But if things were different, you erase who you are." And mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy with who I yeah, am. Right, right. You know, it's, yeah. it's the other people in my life I'm and, not happy about. <laughs> and you know, we're we're here for a reason, yeah. and, and uh, yes. we, we got work to do. Well, so since it is Thanksgiving, I, I think I need to let folks know. Uh, I mean, I don't have to, but I could. Um, no, one of the the things um, I'm so grateful for, Jerry. Looking at the clock, I have six minutes to do this. I'll, I'll be quick. <laughs> What's going um, on? You know, <laughs> when, I, when I ran for office, uh, nobody was as committed, a, aside it. from my husband. Um, and even then, I'm like, he wasn't out there in the cold till his fingers almost fell off. <laughs> when the race was <laughs> over day. and you and I sat down and we were talking about what was next, uh, one of the things you said, look, you could run again. That would be great. But I really think getting the message out for liberals and progressives as we head into the next election, how vulnerable our democracy mm-hmm. is. I want folks to know how integral to this show, Jerry. Jerry Walski is, uh, not just as a collaborator, as a sponsor wrangler, guest wrangler, uh, but as one of my best friends. And I'm very grateful to have you in my Thank life. you very much. Thank and, you. And so, okay, now you're getting all mushy, but uh, I um, I wanted to bring this up a little bit, too, yes. just because I'm going to bring it up. Okay. okay. <laughs> what happened to me a couple weeks yes. ago? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure for, if I should tell yeah, people. No, and I understand, right. Warren, no. I told Warren. Yeah, no, I, that okay? that's cool. Is I, that all right? I, totally. Oh, I, said, I said, don't tell Jerry yeah. I told you this. Oh, no, no, it's all good. No, I one. just haven't had a chance to talk about okay. it, and I'm, I want people to be more aware of their, uh, to listen to their body, because I had a bit of a, well, a big issue. Um a couple. Of, it was it started. You were on your way here. I think you were walking I was, over. Last month or so, I was getting a little winded as I was walking over here, and I just couldn't catch my breath. I remember talking to Renee, and I'm like, "Gosh, I'm out of breath, I'm out of shape," you know. And then the day we had uh, Bethany on from uh, from the school of uh, from the um, schoolhouse school schoolhouse cooking, yeah. I walked over here, and I was having like an episode. I couldn't catch my breath. I was short winded. I mean, I had some chest pains, and when I got here, it still didn't go away. And, and, did and, we go out that night? No, we, we went I, out one night, and you were telling yeah, me like yeah, how, was, how frightened right, you've been. Yeah, yeah, and but that was a big one. That was like this is. This is uh, I was texting Shelby on the way here, I was like get, making sure she had your number because I was to like make sure you made it. I have. I, I met, she, Patty, Shelby was laughing. She's like, I think Jerry thinks he's dying. Well, folks, I was very close to it. I, I wound up having an uh, was it uh, uh, pulmonary embolism, which is a fancy word for having a, a big old blood clot in my lung, and uh, I it, eventually I kept getting short, more short winded, and. Um, 
wound up going to the doctor who said, which emergency room do you want to go to? And then I drove myself to the ER. And then it was the night that, that Craig Ferguson was on and I'm in the car driving. I'm like, he thinks I have a heart issue. I'm driving to the, I'm driving to the emergency room. It's about 10 minutes away. I'm listening to your show is on the air and I'm listening in the car and I'm like, Oh, Craig Ferguson is going to come on at six o'clock. I'm like, do I stay in the car and listen to Craig Ferguson or not? <laughs> and, like, I'm outside the emergency room. I, I, I right, hear this segment. Literally why I'm doing, I, I pull into the parking lot and my phone rings and it's Craig Ferguson. I had plugged it. I had got it. We got his cell number and I plugged it in my phone. I'm going to hang on to that. And anyway, yeah. it's Craig Ferguson. And I'm like, you know, hi, Johnny. You know, well, I can't do it with a Scottish accent, whatever he's got. And I'm like, I'm like, well, we're going to call, we call you. We call the, we call the right. people. I said, the studio producer will call you in a little bit. So I hang up and I text you. I said, hey, so I want to listen to the rest. I'm like, let me let's make sure they're on. It's going to be a 15 minute interview, which turns into a half hour Sorry. interview. Sorry. I'm in the car. I know. I was like, almost the reason you died in the parking <laughs> exactly. lot of the ER. Exactly. Oh, so my God. So then I walked to the ER and I'm, I, I'm out of breath. Can't, and so after a few hours there, they find determined uh, blood clot. I actually wound up with two. I've got one in the leg, and then but the one in the heart and then the lung was just. So I wound up in the ICU for a couple of nights. Uh, and wouldn't I, let me come bring you well, anything. No, it was good. I was no, like, was, hey, I get four pillows. I was you? out, dude. I, I know. I know. They, I know. And then I was crazy because they. I they thought they're going to have to do an operation. They didn't. The blood thinners worked, and I literally walked out of there and drove myself home two and a half days later. And you've traveled since. Yeah. Like, so then, right and then, I'm like, can I? Go? And I'm like, and I saw the doctor literally a week later on Tuesday. I went in. We week later i showed up back at the doctor's office for another visit and he's like he's like yeah he goes i misdiagnosed you i thought it was a heart attack and i thought you had a heart problem because nobody walks in this office with what you had it's that serious i go really yeah <laughs> strong like bull. yeah he goes i would never have let you drive anywhere if i'd have known you what you had because he just didn't it just so anyway thank god anyway wow. folks, listen to your body because i had i so had you were I winded yes. you, you weren't so, able to catch your breath so winded and then i was then at night i was a little i was gassy like i'm never gassy i was I'm like top, a heartburn yeah, feeling like tums, pressure and i never take tums it wasn't pressure i just just gassy and i've known and since i've gone it's gone you know so that was part of it so there are warning signs i had completely and and you know, and and so I just I'm in tune with my body, but you, I, didn't, I didn't. I was going to say that yeah. you take pretty good care of yeah, yourself. I, I have, that's the thing that saved me is that I had you my vital, my vitals were solid. So yeah. everything else was great. I'm a little overweight right now, and, and and all that, but I basically do have somewhat of an athletic body, athlete's body, and so that everything else was solid. So. That kept them from having to operate and all that, and, and obviously, and then the blood thinners, which I'm on now, are, are and I'll probably be on the rest of my life, are doing the trick where it's helping to um, your body does it, but it helps the, the body to break down the blood clot. But um, yeah, and it's hereditary. My, I find out my mom's had really? them, my mom, yeah, my dad had one way back when. I had one in 2015, a blood clot in my left leg. So same scenario. And I just didn't follow up with it even back then. So uh, just, folks, just, you know, listen to your body and seek help. Just don't wing it, you know. go. I know a lot of folks don't have access to certain things in healthcare, but go get go I am somewhere. not allowing any of my friends yeah. to uh, die prematurely. Yeah. I've, I've had well, enough of that. And that is, well, sadly, <laughs> and it was literally one of the reasons why I walked home after that episode with that, that Monday I had. Because we, we finished up at 6 o'clock, and you were still going to go another hour. And I'm like, I don't want to hang out for another hour because Patty drives me home. She's going to drive me to the hospital. I really thought that, and I don't want to go to the hospital. You would have. And so I, I walked home. And looking back, we I should have because I could have easily yeah. had a stroke or just been done that night because I, I slept for – I got home. Oh, I, my well, God. Here's what I, thought. I also I, I thought need a key COVID. to your apartment now. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was – I thought it could have been COVID. So that's my other – I didn't want to be – I didn't expose anybody I was already else here, and I'm right. like, I was, and I'm like, let me just go home. And then I, I, I called Chubby. I'm like, I'm gonna do a COVID test. I took, a co- I had to settle down. I had to get my heart rate down. My everything was just, I couldn't get, couldn't breathe. And uh, took a COVID test, and it was negative. I'm like, darn it. And then 
it was okay the next few days. I took another COVID test, and that's when I just, I knew I was going to go in the hospital or to either the doctor or the hospital the following week. So, uh, but I just I dodged a bullet, folks. Don't uh, do that. Just thank, listen to your body and you go, go in. Yeah, it was, I really, it was, I, I'm really grateful to have close. you. I'm, yeah, like, and, I get, and yeah, and the doctor said, goes, somebody wants you here," and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, we have work to do." Yeah. I, so. That's not. It's not just the work. It's yeah, I adore I you, Jerry. I appreciate. It. Thank you very much. Uh, thank, I, thank I enjoy you. All this. Yeah, you're 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 one of the good ones. I, I, I'm, just, I'm a simple man. <laughs> We're happy I'm that a you're simple alive. And humble man. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for and thank you for sharing that. I think that that helps people. If they, yeah, listen. Because sometimes people feel like they can walk. Like Steve Cochran had the same. Not yeah. not pulmonary, but he had. Right. Uh, I know he had a blood clots as mm-hmm. well, and he thought he could just walk it off. And yeah, and so this, we're not invincible. And it, and it and was such treatable. an easy fix. And again, I didn't go through surgery. Within two and a half days, I went from near death to walking my normal walk and being like, I can't believe I can breathe again. This is awesome. I can't believe you're already and then flying. I, and then I, <laughs> I drove down you to Indianapolis. You out you were going to do that. I was like, seriously, flew, is, are you sure you should be doing Charlotte. that? So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone who's watching on our Facebook live stream. Karen, Gary, Lehman, Mary, and Jim. Uh, if I miss anybody, uh, that's my romper room moment. Well thank done. you, Paul Shavari. Happy Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, we are going to re-air one of our right-wing war on education. I think it's one of the early ones about how uh, the national voucher system is hurting public schools. Jerry, love you. Love you. I'll talk to you all on Monday. Have a great weekend. And, uh, we're going to sign off on WCP. Oh, I am. I'm, I'm heading out. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Hanging on studio with uh, Jerry Walski as we wrap so, up. I'm uh, Yes? We're working. Uh, we're doing a show next oh, in yeah. second. See, I'm up so in Milwaukee. I, I'm going to post it. <laughs> Sometime this weekend, I Delavan, think. Delavan, right? Delavan, Wisconsin? No, is that, no, no. Not, that's too close. It's in Milwaukee? No, no it's not. Uh, yeah, walk in Oh, wait, walk Kenosha. Where am I? No, we're going, we're going not, not a Kenosha club. No, it's... I am, I'm in Kenosha the week after. Oh, yeah, which yes. I couldn't do because I'm doing another show yes. in Wisconsin. All right. And, but we're just, we're just <laughs> talking about production here. Which, and we're not doing New Year's together. Do you know that? I thought we were. I Check with Jimmy what McHugh. Happened? I don't... I, no, I think... He said no, and I booked another show in Indiana now with Gorgo. I'm sorry, folks. We're Hi, everybody. We're, we're pulling out our calendars and working on our schedule here. We don't here. have time to talk. We, we ran into this. All right. So um, right. Patty Vasquez is an actress, Chicago radio host, and super funny comic. There sorry. It's weird to read my, read my are, own. Are you reading the thing from Jerry? Della Field. Yeah. It's at the uh, – on December 2nd, that's right. Jerry okay. and I will be at the Della Field American Legion, and that's uh, – and Jerry Walski has toured the country with Kevin Hart and Brian Regan, excited to finally fulfill his lifelong dream of <laughs> – performing in Delafield. So that will be coming up on December 2nd. You can go to, uh, let's see, Lake Country Family Fun. Is that right? That can't be right. No, it's something. Yeah, that's the wrong it's a website. Or something like that. Legion, uh, all Lake Legion? County com- Lake Country comedy shows. Nope. I'll look it up. <laughs> this seems like it's right. We'll, we'll fix this in editing, folks. Don't yeah, worry. Totally. This we're, we're totally professional. <laughs> this is why. I, I was telling Paul about, uh, last week I was messaging, messaging him about some of my stand-up. And uh, there might be a reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Your answer is, is right here. <laughs> um, no, I get, you know, again, and uh, like I was talking about about you know choices I've made with somebody, and they're like, "But if things were different, you erase who you are." And mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy with who I yeah, am. Right, right. You know, yeah. it's, it's the other people in my life I'm not happy about. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we're we're here for a reason, yeah. and, and uh, yes. we, we got work to do. Well, so since it is Thanksgiving, I, I think I need to let folks know. Uh, I mean, I don't have to, but I could. Um, no, one of the the things um, I'm so grateful for, Jerry. 
looking at the clock. I have six minutes to do this. I'll, I'll be quick. <laughs> What's going um, on? You know, <laughs> when, I, when <laughs> I ran for office, uh, nobody was as committed, aside it. from my husband. Um, and even then, I'm like, he wasn't out there in the cold till his fingers almost fell off. <laughs> when the race was <laughs> over and you and I sat down and we were talking about what was next, uh, one of the things you said, look, you could run again. That would be great. But I really think getting the message out for liberals and progressives as we head into the next election, how vulnerable our democracy mm-hmm. is. I want folks to know how integral to this show Jerry Walski is, uh, not just as a collaborator, as a sponsor wrangler, guest wrangler, uh, but as one of my best friends. And I'm very grateful to have you in my life. Thank you very much. And and so, okay, now you're getting all mushy, but uh, I... um I wanted to bring this up a little bit, too, yes. just because I'm going to bring it up. Okay. okay. <laughs> what happened to me a couple weeks yes. ago? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure for, if I should tell yeah, people. No, I understand. Right. Warren, no. I told Warren. Yeah, no, that's okay? cool. Is that all right? I, totally. Oh, I, said, I said, don't tell Jerry yeah. I told you this. Oh, no, no, it's all good. No, I just haven't had a chance to talk about okay. it, and I'm, I want people to be more aware of their, uh, to listen to their body because I had a bit of a, well, a big issue. Um a couple of, it was it started. You were on your way here. I think you were walking I was, over. Last month or so, I was getting a little winded as I was walking over here, and I just couldn't catch my breath. I remember talking to Renee, and I'm like, gosh, I'm out of breath. I'm out of shape, you know. And then the day we had uh, – Bethany on from uh, from the school of uh, from the um, schoolhouse school schoolhouse cooking. Yeah. I walked over here and I was having like an episode. I couldn't catch my breath. I was short winded. I mean, had some chest pains. And when I got here, it still didn't go away. And, and, uh, Did we go out that night? Because no, we, we went I, out one night, and you were telling yeah, me like yeah, how, was, how frightened right, you've been. Yeah, yeah, and but that was a big one. That was like this is. This is uh, I was texting Shelby on the way here, like making sure she had your number because I was to like, make sure you made it. I have. I, I met, she, Patty, Shelby was laughing. She's like, I think Jerry thinks he's dying. Well, folks, I was very close to it. I, I wound up having an uh, was it uh, uh, pulmonary embolism, which is a fancy word for having a, a big old blood clot in my lung, and uh, I it eventually I kept getting short, more short winded, and. Um, Wound up going to the doctor who said, which emergency room do you want to go to? And then I drove myself to the ER. And then it was the night that that Craig Ferguson was on, and I'm in the car driving. I'm like, he thinks I have a heart issue. I'm driving to the I'm driving to the emergency room. It's about 10 minutes away. I'm listening to your show. is on the air, and I'm listening in the car, and I'm like, oh, Craig Ferguson is going to come on at 6 o'clock. I'm like, do I stay in the car and listen to Craig Ferguson or not? <laughs> and, like, I'm outside the emergency room. I, I, had, I have to hear this segment. Literally why I'm doing I I pull into the parking lot. And my phone rings, and it's Craig Ferguson. I, I plugged it. I got it. We got a cell number, and I plugged it in my phone. I'm going to hang on to that. And anyway, oh, yeah. it's Craig Ferguson. And I'm like, you know, hi, Johnny. You know, well, I can't do it with a Scottish accent, whatever he's got. And I'm like, I'm like, well, we're going to call. We call you. We call the. We call the right. people. I said, the studio producer will call you in a little bit. So I hang up. And I text you. I said, hey. So I want to listen to the rest. I'm like, let me make sure they're on. It's going to be a 15 minute interview, which turns into a half hour. Interview. Sorry, I'm in the car. No, I was like I almost know. the reason you died in the parking <laughs> exactly. lot of the ER. Exactly. Oh so my god. I walked to the ER, and I'm I, I'm out of breath. Can't. And so after a few hours there, they find determined uh, blood clot. I actually wound up with two. I've got one in the leg, and then, but the one in the heart and then the lung was just. So I wound up in the ICU for a couple of nights. Uh, and wouldn't I, let me come bring you well, anything. No, it was good. I was no, like, was, hey, I can get four pillows. I was anything. out, dude. I, I know. I, I, know, they, I know. And then I was crazy because they, they, I thought they were going to have to do an operation. They didn't. The blood thinners worked. And I literally walked out of there and drove myself home a, two and a half days later. And you've traveled since. Yeah, like, so then, right. And then like, I'm like, can I go? And, I'm like, and I saw the doctor literally a week later. On Tuesday, I went in. A week later i showed up back at the doctor's office for another visit and he's like he's like yeah he goes i misdiagnosed you i thought it was a heart i thought you had a heart problem because nobody walks in this office with what you had 
It's that serious. I go, really? Yeah. <laughs> Strong like bull. Yeah. He goes, I would never have let you drive anywhere if I'd have known you what you had because he just didn't. It just, so anyway, thank God. Anyway, wow. folks, listen to your body because I had. I so had, you were I winded. Yeah. You, you weren't so, able to catch your breath. Sort of winded, and then I was. Then at night, I was a little. I was gassy. Like I'm never gassy. I was. I mean, like top, a heartburn yeah, feeling, like tums, pressure. And I never take tums. It wasn't pressure. But I just just gassy. And I've no. And since I've gone, it's gone. You know. So that was part of it. So there are warning signs I had completely. And. And, you know, and and so I just I'm in tune with my body, but you, I, didn't, I didn't. I was going to say yeah. that you take pretty good I care do. of yeah, yourself. I, I have, that's the thing that saved me is that I had you my vital, my vitals were solid. So yeah. everything else was great. I'm a little overweight right now, and, and and all that, but I basically do have somewhat of an athletic body, athlete's body, and so that everything else was solid. So. That kept them from having to operate and all that, and, and obviously, and then the blood thinners, which I'm on now, are, are and I'll probably be on the rest of my life, are doing the trick where it's helping to. Um, your body does it, but it helps the, the body to break down the blood clot. But um, yeah, and it's hereditary. My, I find out my mom's had really? them, my mom, yeah, my dad had one way back when. I had one in 2015, a blood clot in my left leg. So same scenario. And I just didn't follow up with it even back then. So uh, just, folks, just, you know, listen to your body and seek help. Just don't wing it, you know. go. I know a lot of folks don't have access to certain things in healthcare, but go get somewhere. I am somewhere. not allowing any of my friends yeah. to uh, die prematurely. Yeah. I've, I've had well, enough of that. And that is, sadly, <laughs> and it was literally one of the reasons why I walked home after that episode with that, that Monday I had. Because we, we finished up at 6 o'clock, and you were still going to go another hour. And I'm like, I don't want to hang out for another hour because Patty drives me home. She's going to drive me to the hospital. I really thought that, and I don't want to go to the hospital. You would have. And so I, I walked home. It, and looking back, we I should have because I could have easily yeah. had a stroke or just been done that night because I, I slept for – I got home. Oh, I, my well, God. Here's what I, thought. I also I, I thought need a key COVID. to your apartment now. Yeah, no, just, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was – I thought it could sorry. have been COVID. So that's my other – I don't want to be – I didn't expose anybody I was already else here, it, and I'm right. like, I was, and I'm like, let me just go home. And then I, I, I called Chubby. I'm like, I'm gonna do a COVID test. I, took a call, I had to settle down. I had to get my heart rate down. My everything was just, I couldn't get, couldn't breathe. And uh, took a COVID test, and it was negative. I'm like, darn it. And then it, it, it was okay. The next few days, I took another COVID test, and that's when I just, I knew I was gonna go in the hospital or to either the doctor or the hospital the following week. So. Uh, but I just I dodged the bullet, folks. Don't uh, do that. Just thank, listen to your body and go, go in. Yeah, it was, I really, it was, I, I'm very grateful to have close. you. I'm, yeah, and, I, and, I got, and yeah, and the doctor said, goes, somebody wants you here," and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, we got work to do." Yeah, I, so. that's not it's not just the work. It's yeah, I, I adore you, Jerry. I appreciate. It. Thank you very much. Uh, thank, I, thank, I enjoy thank you. All this. Yeah, you're 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 one of the good ones. I, I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm a simple man. We're happy I'm that a you're alive. Humble man. Well, thank you so much. For, and thank you for sharing that. I think that that helps people. If they, yeah, listen. Because sometimes people feel like they can walk. Like Steve Cochran had the same, not, yeah. not pulmonary, but he had, right. uh, I know he had uh, blood clots as mm-hmm. well, and he thought he could just walk it off. And, yeah. And so this, we're not invincible. And it, and it and was it's such treatable. an easy fix. Yes. And again, I didn't have to go through surgery. Within two and a half days, I went from near death to walking my normal walk and going, I can't believe I can breathe again. This is awesome. I and, can't believe you were already and then flying. I, and then I, <laughs> I drove down you to freaked Indianapolis. You you were going to do that. I was like, seriously, flew, is, are you sure you should be doing Charlotte, so yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, who's watching on our Facebook live stream. Karen, Gary, Lehman, Mary, and Jim. Uh, if I miss anybody, uh, that's my romper room moment. Well thank done. you, Paul Shavari. Happy Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, we are going to re-air one of our right-wing war on education. I think it's one of the early ones about how uh, the national voucher system is hurting public schools. Jerry, love you. Love you. I'll talk to you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.
on we're going to sign off on WCP. Oh, I am. I'm, I'm heading out. Introducing the right wing war on education, starring Betsy DeVos, evangelical Christians, and a few dudes who rented out strip malls, called themselves schools, and stole your public school tax dollars. And on the third day, God created the Remington Bull Action Rifle so that man could fight the dinosaurs and the homosexuals. Amen. In this hour, we'll talk about how Republicans want to dumb our kids down and what we have to do to stop them. As always, leading the conversation is Patty Vasquez. But with her, we have Kirk Bankstead of the Monaco Brewing Company, who is leading the charge to get rid of the parasitic voucher school system in Wisconsin. And a few fellow public education warriors he brought along to educate us. The right-wing war on education is brought to you by the Monaco Brewing Company. Take it away, Patty. Yes, and welcome to the Right Wing War on Education. I thank you so much to our incredible sponsor, Kirk Bankstead, the mastermind behind Monaco Brewing Company. Every Thursday, we shine a light on how Republicans are trying to take tax dollars away and divert them to private schools, to charter schools, strip mall schools. They want to dumb down our kids and remove access to public schools. And Kirk, uh, tell us a little bit about the what you intend to do with this series, because I know you have taken this to the courts. You are not messing around. We are not messing around, Patty. Uh, we we're going to in about two weeks, we're going to file a lawsuit um, to sue the state of Wisconsin to overturn the parasitic voucher school system, private school voucher school system in Wisconsin. Uh, but my goal was, you know, if, if you file a lawsuit, there's still a ton of misinformation in the public about about the reasons that that private voucher schools are actually good when they're not good. And so I don't want to. I don't want to just sue in court and have the wrong story be told on why we're doing this. And so for the next uh, every Thursday until until we run out of stuff to talk about, which I don't believe is going to exist. Nope. Um, we're going to we're going to talk about how these private voucher schools um, negatively affect public schools, how they and, and what we've done. The first week we did this, we talked, we introduced our lawyers who are all going to bring the suit. We, we introduced what our claims are going to be or are around roughly. And then last week, we talked about the history of Wisconsin's voucher program, which is the oldest in the state, our oldest in the United States. Uh, but this week, we wanted to look at it from a national level, because this is a Republican long game across the nation to destroy public schools. And it, even though Wisconsin's program is the oldest, uh, it's, you know, it's it's probably worse. I'm guessing and we'll talk this. We'll talk to our guests soon enough. It's probably worse in other states where, where it's, it's less purple and more red. So. With with that being said, I wanted to introduce uh, the guest that we can't we, we can't believe we got her on the show. She's she's a brilliant lawyer. Uh, her name is Jessica Levin, and I got to make sure I get all this right. She's the director of uh, she works for the Educational Law Center, and she's the director of the Public Funds Public Schools, which is a national campaign run by the Education Law Center that ensures public funds for education are used. To, support public schools. Jessica holds degrees from Cornell, Oxford, and Harvard, and and she's been fighting for kids and for public schools for a long time. Thanks so much for joining us, Jessica. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Okay, so the first question I want to ask to kind of lay out, lay everything out is, who or what is driving this push for this parasitic private, private voucher school programs across the nation? What's going on? Who's driving it and why? 
It's a really good question. It's a complicated question. I want to just sort of give you first an idea of how big a push this is, um, if that would be helpful. So for the last decade or so, um, there's been an accelerated push to spread private school voucher programs across the country. And in the last couple of years, we've seen that push reach a fever pitch. Um, so the number of voucher bills that are being introduced in state legislatures around the country and the number that are being passed um, in states nationwide has increased significantly. There are some bills in Congress. They're not going to pass right now, probably. Um, you know, we do want to watch Congress, but where this is happening is in the states. Um, and so, for example, in 2021, Public Funds Public Schools, which counts all the voucher bills in state legislatures around the country, counted at least seven states that passed new voucher programs and at least 14 states that expanded existing programs. And in 2022, we saw some similar numbers. A dozen states passed bills to establish or expand a voucher program. And this year, in 2023, we're tracking about 400 voucher and related bills in state legislatures. Those include proposals to create new programs and to expand existing ones. Some have passed this year again. A lot have been defeated. I'm happy to talk about that more. Um, but Let's talk a little bit about the factors that are behind them now. Um, so there are a variety of factors. There's not one element that's pushing this. It is sort of a perfect storm and a confluence of things. Um, first, not not most importantly or the biggest one, but here are a bunch of them. So first, the U.S. Supreme Court's recent decisions um, in a case called Espinoza in 2020 and a case called Carson in 2022, which were about a couple of states and basically whether they had to include religious schools if they funded private schools in, in vouchers or voucher-like programs. Um, and the U.S. Supreme Court said yes, um, that if a state funds private schools, it has to also send public funds to religious schools. So um, a while back, the battle in the courts was about whether a state could fund religious schools at all if it so chose. But now states don't have a choice. If they fund any private schools, they have to fund religious schools. It is really important to note that the court also said states don't have to fund private schools. Um, and so that's really important for policymakers and the public to know there's no legal obligation to fund any private schools whatsoever. But that's one thing that really emboldened privatizers. So let's, there's other factors, but let me Hold stop on. there. Let, let's say, let's stop there. That's wild. I didn't know that yet. Patty. No, I had no idea. <laughs> the Supreme Court said if you funded private schools, you have to use public tax dollars to also fund. You have to. Religious schools. It's not that you can. You have to. Right. How could they do that? Jessica, how could they do that given our Constitution? That's right. Yeah. How could they do that? So um, so this is mostly about the First Amendment uh, and the First Amendment talks about religion, as you know, and has um, sort of uh, two clauses that deal with religion. The Establishment Clause saying this, that um, the government can't establish religions, um, you know, favor religion, one religion over others or religion over non-religion. Um, and all, but also the Free Exercise Clause that people are entitled to the free exercise of religion. Um, and the Supreme Court's decisions in recent years have sort of elevated the Free Exercise Clause um, over the Establishment Clause. In a lot of these cases, including a lot of these cases are, are about education, which is where a lot of First Amendment law is made um, and where a lot of really important laws made that affects us throughout the country and not just in education. So what they what what the theory is and what the Supreme Court agreed with um, was that not including not allowing religious schools to be included in these public programs was discrimination against religion. 
So you mentioned that there are a, a lot of different folks that are doing this and groups. Can you tell us some of the, the players that are involved in this, who they are, and why they're expanding at such a tremendous rate? Sure. Well, the the influence of really powerful, really well-funded pro-voucher groups is another of these very important factors. And and one of those, um, some of those groups, um, like a legal group called the Institute for Justice, was um, responsible for litigating those Supreme Court cases I just mentioned, for example. Um, but there, there are lots of well-funded players. So um, people like Betsy DeVos and her American Federation for Children, um, other groups that you may have heard of and some you may not have heard of, um, like Ed Choice, Excel in Ed. These are powerful, well-funded pro-voucher groups that are pushing these policies. Um, there are legal groups, and then there are legislative groups. Jessica, let me, let me, in, and I'm sure Alec is going to be some of the legislative groups you were going to talk about right there. So these are groups, well-funded groups. I think that's enough of a category to kind of, kind of dig into a little bit. Um, to me, let, to me, there are three reasons these groups exist. Uh, but I think the most the 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 layman's reason is that they uh, that these groups want to they 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 think that we're public schools are indoctrinating kids uh, into like the democratic way of life or, or progressive. I don't believe that's the real reason. The second is that you know we should let you know we we want to make our kids more. Christian potentially, or it's, or it's, or it's, it's driving our kids towards a more religious kind of way, uh, way of life or, 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 you know, or schooling. I don't think that's, I'm cynical and I'm cynical. And I, I think the real reason is, is there's a, like in private healthcare, which is a complete debacle in the United States. There's a, there's a very few amount of people making a hell of a lot of money uh, because they were able to take public tax dollars and, and, and privatize an entire system. To me, the Betsy DeVos's of the world are getting rich and more rich because they're funding these groups, which are arguing all the wrong reasons, all the, they're, they're not real reasons to support private schools and voucher schools, but the real reasons are there's a, lot, a few people getting really rich off of this situation. Can you kind of expand on that and let me know if I'm completely off base? Well, there's a lot of evidence more and more all the time that voucher programs have a severe lack of accountability for the public funds. Uh, two, two things that I think um, are related to what you're saying. One, there's lack of accountability in where the public funds are growing. And once a state enacts private school voucher programs, the amount of money that it diverts to them tends to grow and grow and grow. And I'm happy to go into detail, but there's, you know, there's research and you can see in the press um, articles about, you know, what voucher money is being spent on um, and very little accountability. And that is a choice. Um, when voucher legislation is passed, um, you can write in accountability measures or not. Uh, and more and more and over the years, I think that if there's any trend, they never had a lot of accountability, but there's any if there's any trend, it's to less accountability and standards. And that's in the area of academic standards, curriculum standards, health and safety standards, governance and fiscal responsibility standards, oversights and audits. There's very, very little of that in these programs and but more and more money flowing to them. Okay, I, this is the the heart of what we're trying to uh, expose here and discuss is the why is the is the right wing trying to destroy public education and why? What, what's the goal here from your perspective? The $64,000 question. Um, but, you know, only only they can tell you their true motivations. Um, but what I can say is um 
the effects of the policies they promote show us that they undermine public education. Um, and I can go into some detail and, you know, what they say. Um, and more and more, some of the pro-voucher groups have started to say um, more outright, you know, what they're doing. Um, for example, when Utah was passing its universal voucher law, there was a lobbyist who was caught on tape um, saying something, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, that the intent was to undermine or destroy public education. Um, and there's a report within the last year or so from the Heritage Foundation, which is pro-voucher, which said um, outright, let's make vouchers part of the culture wars. We can capitalize, again, paraphrasing, we can capitalize on the, you know, using the culture wars to um, push vouchers. So, um, but I think, you know, the the effects of these policies uh, tell you what you need to know, no matter what individuals motivations might be. The effect is that voucher programs undermine public schools um, and have lots of other harms, which we can talk about. But one major one is that they undermine public schools and take precious public dollars that we need to put into our already underfunded public education systems. You mentioned uh, that they could use this as part of their culture wars, too, because I know that there are schools that have policies when it comes to LGBTQ plus students, whether it's Florida or Indiana. So essentially, they're also, you know, I guess, reveling in the fact that they can control the student population who can attend and who can't. Uh, I, I that's something I hadn't even I mean, I think I heard it in the background, but that's, uh, of course, it has to feed into this as well. Uh, lots of private schools, not all, but lots have um, discriminatory policies when it comes to admissions, when it comes to what services they'll provide, when it comes to discipline and what they'll use as bases for discipline and pushing out students that um, don't conform to what they want in the school. So it's absolutely true that um, voucher programs are underwriting discrimination with public money. Okay, so I wanted to move. You said we can get into the weeds a little bit, and I'd like to. Um, you said you can give us a few numbers on how voucher schools uh, are around the country undermine public schools. To me, you know, just dumbing, you know, dumbing down kids so they can't think critically and realize yeah. they're being scammed is like the biggest possible one. But I'm sure there's more measurable uh, outcomes. So can you tell us what, like, the top three? Throp three ways that voucher schools across the country are undermining public schools. Or oh, it's hard to even pick just three. Um, okay, so first, let me let me tell you just sort of the massive amounts of money that we see um, increasingly going to to voucher programs and how that's increasing exponentially, um, and then talk about you know some of the ways that that affects. Um, directly affects our public school funding and resourcing. So just to give you an example, um, Public Funds Public Schools recently released a report called The Fiscal Consequences of Voucher Programs. And it was written by um, Dr. Samuel Abrams and Stephen Kutsavlis at Columbia University. And it looked at seven states, one of them was Wisconsin, um, that have had long-running voucher programs and then documented how those programs have increased in size and in the spending of public funds. Um, so for example, from, from 2008 to 2019, that was the period of the study, uh, voucher spending increased in Ohio over 400% and in Indiana almost um, 800%. In uh, Wisconsin, in that time period, spending increased from about 141 million to 311 million. And these programs just continue um, to increase. So uh, even more recently, um, so Florida 
um, is was in in 2022 diverting um, about uh, 1.3 billion dollars per year just to its education savings account voucher program, um, and then another over a billion dollars to its what's called a tax credit voucher program. And now we'll be diverting um, what we in the Florida Policy Institute estimate to be up to four billion dollars a year. So that's the first thing to know. So you're saying basically diverting millions and billions of dollars away that are tax dollars that we've paid, you know, that states, we the people are paying into our states for public schools. Diverting that obviously takes away precious dollars from paying our teachers in public schools, from all the resources that we need to have. So just the diversion of money in and of itself is the biggest monkey in the room and and how these public, our, our public schools are being hurt, you know, and potentially destroyed. True. That's right. Um, and that's against the backdrop of severe and chronic underfunding of our public schools in so many states and in so many districts. And just to take Wisconsin as an example, um, Education Law Center's Making the Grade report about fair school funding, the last one we put out in 2022, gave Wisconsin a grade of C in overall funding level, um, which, you know, is, is a C. Um, in, uh, I believe, a D in funding distribution. So funding distribution measures whether a state is providing higher levels of funding to districts that are serving large concentrations of low-income students or whether it's actually providing equal um, amounts to more affluent and less affluent districts or regressive funding um, to so more funding to more affluent districts, which is, you know, obviously common sense and research tells us that's not what we should be doing. So, yes, vouchers divert money from this already underfunded system. um, And sometimes that's direct diversion. Sometimes the voucher money comes straight from the appropriation to the public schools. But even when it doesn't, there are so many ways that that diversion of our public funds generally comes back to haunt our public schools. For example, when students leave leave public schools, then the so much of public school funding is based on per pupil count, right? Um, so the pro voucher side wants to say that the money falls the student, no harm, no foul, but that's absolutely untrue because schools have fixed costs. And so when a students leave from different grades, different classrooms, the school still has the fixed costs of the busing, the heating, the library, the building, pensions. And so they can't proportionally reduce funding. And so the students who are in public schools, which are still the vast majority of students, are left with fewer resources. Uh, and this has to have such a negative impact on these schools. So what would you say is the most alarming thing that we're seeing? Are there districts that are collapsing? Uh, is this causing an implosion in, in certain parts of the country? Well, I think that public schools do an amazing job um, of of functioning, even with this chronic underfunding that so many of them experience. Um, but yes, it's well documented in many places um, that that students lack essential educational resources, whether that's um, facilities that they need to learn safely, whether it's textbooks, whether it's things that go into curriculum, whether it's supports for students with disabilities, for multilingual learners. Um, there's so much need documented. Um, and the, the um, diversion of funds to vouchers is the exact opposite of what we need to be doing. 
I, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, the uh, special education programs, you know, people are like, or I think overall people are like, oh, well, parents should have a choice on where to send their kids. And we've talked a little bit about pushing kids out. uh, And and I know that part of that is also kids with disabilities. Uh, You know, this isn't really about parents' choice. This is about the schools choosing students, right? That's absolutely right. It's what we were talking about a little bit before, that that under voucher programs, private schools generally um, are permitted to discriminate on a multitude of factors that public schools could never use and the public won't accept um, public schools discriminating on these factors. We shouldn't accept private schools that are publicly funded discriminating on the basis of disability, religion, LGBTQ status, uh, English fluency, past academic performance, past disciplinary history. So excluding students or refusing to serve them or disciplining them if they don't conform to what the private school wants in these areas. Okay, so um, Jessica, I want to switch a little bit and then I got a feeling we're going to have to go to commercial. um, But to tee up the next half of our show, I wanted to talk about geography a little bit. I mean, you kind of pointed out a few states uh, that kind of were expanding, but can you, I mean, Wisconsin is the oldest program. Uh, We're getting C's and D's because of it in public education. Um, Is this, I know it's expanding around the country, but where are pockets, where are the states that are most in danger? I mean, is Wisconsin one of them or what are the top five states that we're seeing really, really huge problems? Well, so, you know, there is there, I guess there are geographic pockets or in the sense that there are um, a lot of states in each area of our country that have vouchers and then many that don't. So um, and and then many that are pushing back against expansion of vouchers. I think one of the most um, concerning trends in the last two years is universal voucher programs. Um, so voucher programs that have universal eligibility, they're not, they're no longer based on income um, or other factors like students with disabilities. Um, these are voucher programs that allow even the wealthiest families to draw the voucher and subsidize private education that they were already paying for or already could pay for. Yes, yeah, I want to follow up on that. That seems absolutely bonkers. I mean, the whole point of voucher schools and, and, and you know, back in the day, if Milwaukee had a terrible public school system, there was an idea in somebody's head that maybe we give a voucher to one of these inner city kids and they can get out of the get out of the mess and, and go to some school that might be better. That's the whole point. And that's what people, they've been selling everybody in America on for 30 years. So now you take off all of the all of the uh, like the the top, you know, it's like if you let everybody, no matter what their income level is, take a voucher that uses public school, public tax dollars and, and go to a private school. Um, like what's the, what's, what's the point of that? I mean, how can they, how can they argue that with a straight face uh, to the public, you know, because given the fact it was for people that were poor in the beginning. Yeah, I don't think you can. I mean, it was never true that vouchers were going to help even the groups that they started out saying they were going to help, like low-income students or students with disabilities, because the vouchers still didn't make private schools, leaving aside whether they're effective, which research shows they're not more effective than the public schools. But um, you can't access them with a voucher if you're a low-income family because the voucher is not going to cover 
the tuition most of the time, let alone the other expenses that are covered in public schools. If you're a student with disabilities where uh, education expenses can be very high, the voucher is not going to come close to covering those. Um, and now I, I agree. I don't think you can say with a straight face that this is mostly benefiting even the groups that you originally said they were going to benefit. There's data from multiple states showing that a vast majority in some of these states of the vouchers are being used by families that were never in public school. Oh my god! Like there's every week. I when I think that I've I've got enough rage build up about how this is happening and why. Uh, I, there's another thing that comes along, and I, I the rage. Yeah, well, that's and that's the point. We need to stay invested and informed on this topic. We are. This is our our our, our third our third installment of the right wing war on education. Joining us is Jessica Levin. Levin, I ask how I say your last name. Is that right, Levin? Excellent. And, and of course, our, uh, our 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 champion on the battlefield in Wisconsin, Kirk, Banks, Kirk Bankstead from Monaco Brewing Company. Uh, go to monacobrewingcompany.com and watch this live. We are live streaming this on the WCPT Facebook page, on Monaco Brewing Company's Facebook page, and the Patty Vasquez Show page. So you have a lot of different options. Uh, so join us for the conversation. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal, and 950 AM, KTNF, Minneapolis, St. Paul. You are listening to the Right Wing War on Education, brought to you by the Monaco Brewing Company. It's going to really are we back? I think we're back with our uh, uh, the Right Wing War on Education on public education. Uh, look, I uh, I graduated from uh, public schools in Chicago. I also went to a parochial school. We all have different stories. Like people will come on Kirk and they'll say, you know, I went to Catholic school. I turned out okay. That's not the conversation that we're having. We are talking about this, 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 how wrong it is to defund public schools at the expense of kids in order to line the pockets of the wealthy and, and to have a sort of idea that parents have a choice when they really don't. Okay, so I wanted we've we've kind of laid down kind of what are some of the most egregious things that are happening to schools around the country, uh, the diverting of public funds for one thing and leaving schools uh, under resourced. We talked about, uh, you know, in different pockets of America, it's happening all over the place. What I wanted I wanted to kind of go positive and negative, um, but I'm going to start positive. Uh, Can you talk about um, some states? Uh, what are the states that have faced this voucher school push that have actually beaten it back and have, and have kind of gotten them gotten voucher schools out of their state and have and have helped public education? Can you talk about some of these if, if there are any states that have? Um, well, there are lots of states that don't have vouchers, um, and that's not for lack of effort on the pro-voucher side, but that's because of students, families, teachers, public school advocates who are standing up against it. So um, some of the states that don't have vouchers, large and small across the country, California, New Mexico, Colorado, um, Kentucky, due to a court case um, that was won last year that I can talk more about. Um, another fantastic example is Texas. Um, Texas has for years and years been beating back the threat of vouchers. There are no vouchers in Texas. Um, and that is due to so many factors and so much hard work of public education advocates, um, including, again, students, teachers, uh, religious leaders, um, so many people who come together to stand up for public schools 
schools. Um, and so that that's a fantastic example. It's also really important that um, even in places where there are vouchers, um, there's still a lot of success in beating back expansions. Um, and so all hope is not lost when there's a foot in the door for vouchers. You need to be very wary that they tend to expand. Um, but lots of advocates and others are beating back expansion attempts. And a great example of that this year is Georgia, where they had a fantastic effort um, that was led by youth um, and, and, a, and a lot of different advocates in coalition. So um, in terms of a place where vouchers have been um, sort of rolled back once they had started, um, we're looking to Illinois, um, in another Midwestern state where there's a tax credit voucher program that is supposed to sunset this year. So the legislature would need to act to continue it. And there is a fantastic effort of a lot of groups in coalition, um, including Illinois Families for Public Schools and so many others who are working on the effort to have that voucher program sunset and make Illinois voucher free again. Outstanding. Sorry, don't mean to brag, Kirk, but we're doing all right down here. <laughs> I, I know. I, I mean, and, we're, no, and that's why we're having this conversation. I mean, because it can be done is what Jessica is telling us. That's the important uh, part. What about, so, okay, so that's great. Uh, I also was on the radio promoting this show in Minneapolis earlier today and uh, was told that they've been able to beat back vouchers uh, in Minneapolis too. So, um, you know, two of the states that surround Wisconsin are fig- have figured it out. I, I, I never count on Iowa to be more uh, progressive than we are. So <laughs> I'm fair. guessing that's they fair. have voucher schools. Um, but the, okay, so that's the positive stuff. And it's so great to hear that there are coalitions and that, you know, even though my super PAC gets called racist because we want to beat back the voucher school system, which is happening on the right in Wisconsin right now, uh, that I, I don't feel quite as alone. Uh, and my, all the, all the people working with me don't feel quite as alone because we see this happening and getting, getting beaten back by, by folks in white, you know, in white capes and you know, not, not white hoods, but white capes, uh, helping us out. So the, I want to go to the negative though. Um, like, can you tell it, can, have you ever thought about, or has anybody ever done any, any studies on what happens if they win? Uh, what happens if the folks who are the Betsy DeVosses of the world, who are kind of funding all these groups, actually succeed in, you know, in eradicating, you know, taking too, so much money away from public schools that they just can't fund themselves anymore? What does that world look like? Uh, well, let me let me just tell you what it would look like financially for those who care uh, about that end of things. Um, a 2021 policy brief um, estimated what it would cost um, to institute universal vouchers across the country and estimated that it would increase the total cost to the public by 11 to 33 percent. So that's 66 to 203 billion dollars per year um, that that would cost. But um, in terms of, you know, what you're asking, what would happen um, if vouchers spread across the country if voucher proponents won. Um, And uh, this is not just about vouchers. Um, This is about a multi-pronged attack on public schools. And so that context is key. Um, We've talked about the chronic underfunding of public schools. That's such a longstanding problem and how schools are starved of resources that research shows would lead to better outcomes. And then public schools are criticized for underperforming, right? 
Um, and then more recently, policies like book bans and the censorship of teaching about topics like race and gender and truthful teaching um, about these subjects, those are also attempts to undermine confidence in public schools and then create these false justifications to further underfund them and to funnel money into private school vouchers and similar programs. And then we have the prong of attack that is directly the vouchers and the anger, the push and the increase of public funds going to private education through vouchers and similar programs. So it's not just not only about vouchers, um, it's not only about education. Right? Public education is the cornerstone of our democracy, and there's a multi-pronged attack on our democracy. So what will happen if vouchers take over? Um, I, I think the answer is we can't let that happen. Um, those who believe in this fundamental institution of our public schools are standing up uh, in on school boards, in state houses, um, in classrooms, in courtrooms, uh, and people of goodwill will not let that happen. So I just, I just can't believe that that these guys, that whoever, I mean, it seems like you know these overlords, right? Like this is where some these overlords, which I I don't believe it because we're such a plurality in America. We don't really have overlords, but we do have the one percent, mm. which is getting smaller. There, we we yeah, kleptocracy or whatever it's called, but. Are they really out to are they really out to destroy democracy? Is that the ultimate goal is to is to get I mean, obviously, there's attacks on democracy everywhere. But one would think it's only because we got guys like Trump who just really want to be king. But is it really a, a concerted effort, you know, by by the gazillionaires to actually ruin democracy in America? To me, it seems like people just want to get rich off of tax dollars. But. What do you, is it more of an attack on democracy? Or is it more of a cynical, corrupt way to get rich? I think only those who are pushing these terrible policies know, and I'm sure people have different motivations. And to be very clear, it's not very about... Very lawyerly, very lawyerly uh, of you. You know, individual, fam- <laughs> individual families who choose different types of schooling are not the issue. And we are not, you know, we are not faulting anyone for choosing whatever they think is the best route for their kids. Um, What we have a problem with are the systems and the powerful forces that are pushing this um, for for lots of wrong reasons, I'm sure. Um, But and the effect again, the effect is indisputable. Um, And the other side wants to spread misinformation about the effects. um, But the effects that we see from the real research, the peer reviewed research, the valid research are that vouchers undermine public schools, they increase segregation, they fund discrimination, they don't improve academic outcomes, they decrease academic outcomes. So at the very fundamental level of what education reform policies are supposed to do, it fails. Uh, so I, I, before I get to another question, so uh, how do we uh, how do we participate in this? How do we push this back and, and improve outcomes for all of our kids, for all students? Lots of different ways. There are so many different ways that we can all work together and that people are already working together. Um, so, you know, we always work with state and local groups because um, that's who knows what resonates in your state, what people care about, what's happening on the ground. And so you need to tailor what you're talking about to, of course, to your audience, as you know well. Um, and there are different arguments that are going to hit differently with um, different policymakers, with the, the pu- different segments of the public. Um, but we provide um, public 
public funds, public schools, a lot of different advocacy tools. So if you go to our website, pfps.org, you'll see fact sheets and policy briefs that talk about um, these different arguments against vouchers and you choose. Um, you, you want to talk about the cost. We've talked a lot about about the cost to the public. Um, if you want to talk about, you know, how public schools are already under-resourced. If you want to talk about the, mul- the multiple ways that vouchers fund discrimination. Um, talking about, you know, talking about those different arguments. Um, being active in the local community, not just to talk about the ills of vouchers, but also to talk about the amazing things that are going on in public schools is so, so important um, because public schools, polls show that people are overwhelmingly happy with their local public school. Um, and then there's a, a false national narrative of dissatisfaction with public schools, but people are overwhelmingly happy with their neighborhood public school and their child's public school. Not to say that public schools don't need to improve in in many ways, in many places. And we're working for that too, to fund them better, to make sure they're welcoming to all students. Um, But in public schools are the only way, the only ones where students retain all their rights, where we can enforce their rights and where we can work toward um, something better for all students rather than um, something that's not good for a few students. Okay. So um, because uh, you know, my group in work working with other education groups in Wisconsin are going to be uh, bringing this lawsuit soon. And we also need to convince the public that we're not doing anything wrong to harming students. Um, you I I heard through our awesome uh, uh, partner, Ju- Dr. Julie Underwood, who found you guys and works with you guys, that you've done work in Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, your organization has um, litigation or help or helping support uh, various litigation. Can you talk a little bit more about how you won uh, or how you moved the needle on uh, on voucher schools and getting rid of them in certain in, in Tennessee and Kentucky? Sure. Um, well, so litigation is one. So bringing this to the courts is one really important tool that we use to push back against vouchers. It can't stand alone. You can't just go to court. You have to have a public advocacy effort and, and advocating in, in legislatures and so many other things. But litigation is a really important tool when these laws pass um, because there are so many ways that they are illegal. Um, and many of these cases, including the ones you mentioned, focus on violations of this of state constitutions. Um, for example, the ways that voucher programs violate what are called education articles in state constitutions that guarantee public education to all the students of the state and the ways that voucher programs um, violate various guarantees in those provisions and in the rest of the constitution. So um, we are litigating in Tennessee right now against the the education savings account voucher program there. Um, We have litigated in the past in places like Nevada, where we um, took their universal voucher up to the Nevada Supreme Court and the Nevada Supreme Court struck it down um, because it was unconstitutional. So um, courts are also striking down these programs. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Kentucky because I think that's um, a, a wonderful bright spot in the fight against vouchers very recently. Now, that was not public funds, public schools um, case that was litigated by other wonderful um, attorneys and plaintiffs. But we did support that case um, through being a, what's called a friend of the court, um, writing a brief and telling them about a lot of the harms of vouchers so they would have that context. But the Kentucky Supreme Court ruled um, that the voucher law that was passed there in 2021 um, violated the mandate in the Kentucky Constitution that taxation for education be spent only on the public schools unless otherwise approved by the voters. Um, And the voucher program was passed. It was not um, there was not approval by the voters to use tax money for um, something other than the public schools when it was raised for education. And so the Supreme Court struck it down. 
down. Um, a lot of times these are really straightforward arguments. That doesn't mean it's not a lot of hard work uh, to bring these cases, but um, they voucher laws are often being enacted in the face of really clear constitutional mandates against them. And we can't let that happen. Um, everybody is is uh, the same under the law and we have to protect um, people under their state constitutions. It feels like the, that's that's kind of the point is to keep having forcing this into the courts. It doesn't like the, the goal is to also uh, deplete the resources of those who are pushing back. So tell us like t- tell us a little bit about your organization and how it works. Um, well, I am the acting litigation director at Education Law Center, um, which is a nonprofit organization that pursues justice and equity for public school students by enforcing their right to a high quality education um, in safe, well-funded, non-discriminatory public schools. And the Public Funds Public Schools campaign um, is a campaign that um, that Education Law Center directs to ensure that public funds for education are used to support and strengthen our public schools and our diverse to vouchers. So that's the short answer. Um, and there are a lot of things that we're doing around the country to support the many, many groups, advocates, students, families, teachers who are standing up against vouchers. Jessica, why aren't we working with you right now? Why is well, Rock bringing a super PAC who's going to bring this lawsuit? You got to help us. We, you, gotta, you, know, you know a lot of stuff. We got, we got experts too, but my gosh, I'm happy we're sitting on this thing together because we're about to file a lawsuit. And it sounds like you guys could help us. Let's talk. I'm happy that we're talking and we are happy to talk to anyone around the country who is engaging in litigation um, or advocacy, um, research, communications efforts. Um, we would love to um, talk about how to support anyone who is listening who is part of this effort. We drink a lot of beer at our super pack, and super <laughs> packs are really bad, but we try to do the right thing, even while slightly inebriated. I guarantee you this. Which sounds like fun as well, because we've, we've mentioned places where they have been able to push back. Has there been one particular technique that worked like in, in Texas or Arizona that you see? Because you mentioned also earlier the Supreme Court uh, when they said that if you are funding uh, private schools, you also have to fund uh, use the vouchers for uh, parochial for religious schools uh, based on a First Amendment right. So what are uh, some of the techniques that you can use with our existing laws to push back? I think the key is to use all the strategies, um, to use a multifaceted approach. So to think about how you can um, advocate to policymakers, to how do you communicate, as you are right now, these truths about vouchers to the public, to the media, um, to think about litigation, but not litigation standing alone, wrapped around these other efforts. Um, so to think about all those different strategies, research, getting the research out there, um, and then also um to think about, you know, all the different prongs of argument. As I said, it's kind of hard to choose what which one to focus on first, right? Because vouchers have so many negatives from the fiscal consequences to the discrimination, um, to the segregation, to the decreased academic outcomes. But to get all those out there because people care uh, most about different things. So this is funny that we meant you asked that question, Patty, because so I'm op- this is don't worry, I'll get to the point in a second, I promise. I'm opening up a new tap room in in uh, in in in, uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, and my landlord is leans to the right on this, and he's like, Kirk, so I don't know if I should. He's like, he's like gonna lease it to me, but he's like, Kirk, I don't know if I'm like opening up a can of worms by letting you like be in my building because you're so progressive, and and, I, and he's like, aren't you? I've heard you're suing everybody, and I'm like, and I told him, 
I told him that we're doing this voucher school thing. And I said, the reason we're doing suing against voucher schools is because your tax dollars, and this guy's a Republican. I was like, your tax dollars are going to help people send their own kids to private schools who are going to send them to private schools anyways. And, and he was like, no way. That's not the truth. He's like, you're a Democrat. You're just lying to me. And, and he, and, and, and I'm like, no, that's the truth. He's like, well, that's crazy. I would never let my public tax dollars go to let, let some other parents send their kid to private schools. And he's like, why don't the Republicans tell me this? And I'm like, well, there's a reason. They're not telling you this. So to me, the message that turned a Republican uh, who is, supports everything that Republicans do but didn't know anything about this voucher system and what it, what it actually does, that turned him. Is that the best argument that, that you're seeing across the country, or are there other ones that are just as effective? I mean, it's one of the most powerful arguments, and unfortunately it gets more powerful all the time, the more and more that spending increases, the more and more, because it's, it's all public funds. Um, and even if it's a tax credit voucher, I mean, that's another way that um, that there's an attempt to sort of just launder the money, basically. So the way that tax credit vouchers work is that um, p- individuals or corporations um, give money to a third-party organization that's going to distribute vouchers, and they get a tax credit for that. And it might be even up to a 100% tax credit, so, you know, calling a donation is not right, um, but they're giving, but they're called donations often, um, but it's not charitable. They're giving money to a third party organization that then distributes the vouchers. Um, and so, yes, the fiscal arguments are, are, are resonate with a lot of people, um, you know, of all persuasions, um, because our public funding, our public fisc is stretched. Um, and so giving, and, and now as more and more research comes out showing what you mentioned, Kirk, that, that a lot of vouchers are being used by very high income families. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. No, it's unconscionable that they were going to send, they were going to send their kids there anyway. And, and there are, there are different requirements across the country as far as like, sometimes there'll be income requirements or a requirement that they had to have already been in a public school as though they are choosing to leave that public school too. Is that an aspect of this? That's right. The more and more they're getting eroded. So on both those fronts. So um, a lot of voucher programs started out with an income eligibility requirement. Um, some still have it. Of course, lots still have it, but it often gets raised and raised and raised from 200 percent to 50, 300 until you're up to four or 500 percent. And it's not really any sort of cap. Right. Um, uh, and then also public prior public school enrollment requirement. That's right. Um, a lot of voucher programs have that. Increasingly, we are seeing um, it disappear, um, which, of course, opens the floodgates to families that are already paying for private school or never would have paid or never would have put their kids in public school taking a voucher as well. And that those are the universal voucher states. So um, they include Arizona, um, Iowa, Utah, um, Florida, Iowa. Talk, talk a little bit about Iowa. That's universal. So there's no caps on anybody. The richest kids, the richest parents can take vouchers for their kids in Iowa. That's yeah, true. Iowa was Iowa was one of the recent. So they, the f- sort of phenomenon about um, of universal vouchers is very recent. Um, and so Arizona was the first state to universalize its voucher program last year, and then Iowa was one of the ones that passed um, a universal voucher program uh, in the last. Let me year follow or so. up. Is that Alec? Is that the? Uh, legis- so, Alec, to everybody that's not listening, is is this crazy Republican group that tries to plant the same language in all 50 states. And have, if the Republicans are in the majority, then they kind of pass all this stuff. They did a lot of transgender stuff recently. I can't remember a legislative council or something. But is this an Alec thing, the universal voucher or not? 
ALEC is one of the groups that, you know, has model legislation. Um, and so, you you know, you can never know exactly where uh, a specific, I guess, sometimes you might be able to, someone got their, their language. But what I can tell you is that we track, as I said, voucher bills across the country in every state legislature. We read hundreds of these bills every year, and they look very similar. Um, there are, there's very similar language, there's very similar permutations, um, and there's very similar um, sort of ways that they morph because they're constantly morphing. Um, they morph the names. Um, because uh, they know that vouchers um, are a bad word with the public. And so they use other names to try to obscure what it is. Um, they put in other very sophisticated mechanisms to try to evade court challenges. Uh, and so we do see these things proliferating. Um, it's hard to believe that it would be a coincidence. Uh, I have to ask you a personal question. How do you keep your wits about you when you're going up against this kind of uh, madness, really? <laughs> what, is, what is Professor Jessica Levin doing? Evil, evil people doing these <laughs> I mean, things. Like, do, yeah, do you meditate? Do you drink some progressive brew? Uh-huh. What do you do? <laughs> I should. Um, no, I, so I, I think it's uh, it's because of there are so many others that Kirk, as you were alluding to, we're not alone. Um, that's what keeps us all going in um, fighting for our public schools. Um, that and the existential threat that how essential public schools are um, to children um, and to our democracy. And so knowing that there are um, hundreds and thousands and millions of people across the country, there are so many issues to pay attention to, but people are paying attention to this issue um, and they are standing up um, and we are very proud to support them and very proud to represent them in court um, and to do everything we can to help them. Amazing. Amazing work. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you. So Jessica, this has been great. Um, uh, so I just wanted to kind of summarize uh, this whole hour. Uh, we've we've moved from just Wisconsin, where we're doing, where we're trying to do a local action, and we're gonna, we're hopefully going to file a complaint. Finally, uh, it's been a long time in coming. I've been raising, lo- trying to raise lots of money <laughs> to do this because we got expensive lawyers. Apparently, I might have been able to get some free lawyers had we talked to you earlier. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk about that later. But free, uh, free to who? But we, <laughs> but we we've we've talked about our case. We've talked about Wisconsin, and now we've talked about how seemingly there are people that are like holding like minarets. You know, they're like holding. Am I saying it right? Holding the 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 strings to society by trying to destroy public schools, and it's not just happening in Wisconsin. It's happening. Uh, in a programmatic and systematic way around the country, and that's really scary. It's super scary. So uh, I wanted uh, I wanted just to, to thank you for helping us shed a light on that. We're going to be putting all uh, some of your smartest comments in 60-second bits all over the Internet so that we can convince Wisconsinites that this is something that we need to pay attention to. We can't dumb down our kids. Uh, but I also wanted to talk about next week and let everybody tune in that we're moving on to how voucher schools and how voucher programs affect public school teachers. Uh, obviously, it's a very negative thing. They're getting paid less. They're getting le- less pensions. They're leaving states and moving to states that treat them better, like Minnesota and Illinois <laughs> and not Wisconsin. So we're going to talk to Bob Baxter, who's the executive director of the Wisconsin Teachers Union, which is called WEAC, the Wisconsin Education at, uh, uh I don't even know what it stands for. It's a teacher's union. And then we're going to be talking to uh, Heather Bornaham, 
who is the executive director for the Wisconsin Public Education Network, which is the group we got Julie Underwood from, who is like the keeper. They're like the oracle, the keeper of wisdom in Wisconsin, uh, uh, just like your organization is for the United States. They're the folks in Wisconsin that are trying to ensure that that we, we don't miss all these horrible things that are happening and to try to alert the public that it's happening. So uh, to tune in next week for that, but I just want to get that out. But you also should all go. So what's your what's your website again, uh, Jessica, to make sure that people can get the get it from the the, the horse's so mouth? For, I, hate, I hate to say horse's mouth because I shouldn't. But anyways, <laughs> for, for public funds, public schools, pfps.org. Outstanding. And feel free to find us. We will be here for a couple a couple moments on Facebook Live, but I want to thank everybody for joining us. Mike Crute is up next for with Devil's Advocates. Thank you, Alex and Matt and Jerry and everybody. Uh, for those of you tuning in, you can go to tune in to continue listening to WCPT 820. Bye, everybody.